Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Navigating the care system. What you need to know before looking for a care home for your relatives. A place in a residential care home can cost in excess of £50,000 a year in the UK. Planning ahead could mean that your relative can afford the fees and still leave something for the family to inherit. But if you're the person organising that care on their behalf, there is an awful lot to get your head around, as well as dealing with the practicalities and the emotional fallout at the same time. In this specially extended single series edition of the FT Money Show, I'm joined by Rosie Carr, the deputy editor of the Investors Chronicle. Four years ago, Rosie became a fully paid up member of the sandwich generation, thanks to the existence of teenage children at home and a mother-in-law suffering from dementia. She writes in FT Money this weekend, every spare moment was taken up looking after one or the other. If I wasn't researching local secondary schools and reading up on the GCSE curriculum, I was studying care homes and Alzheimer's. Now, we know that this is an experience that many of you are going through yourselves or fear is on the horizon. So it's my great pleasure to introduce Rosie Carr today to the podcast, who's going to give us the benefit of her experience. Welcome, Rosie. Thanks, Claire. It's very nice to be here. Well, this whole idea for the article and the podcast came out of a lunch. We were having lunch together. We used to work together on the Investors Chronicle, you and I. And I had no idea that this was going on in your life while you were running the ship <laughs> <laughs> upstairs. And um, we were just talking really about how often the burden does fall on the person who's providing care for the rest of the family, for your teenage daughters in your case, to navigate the care system. It's a very, very complicated um, thing to do. And I think many people will focus on that number I used at the beginning of the podcast, the £50,000 a year, and think, crikey, how on earth is my relative going to be able to afford this? Absolutely, absolutely. I think that's the first thing. You know, when this problem lands on your doorstep one day and you realise that your relative just has stopped being able to look after themselves... Um, you're going to think, you know, how do we afford those care fees? As you say, £50,000 a year in the southeast. It's probably a bit less in the regions, but it's still going to be high. You know, they can be lower too if there's no nursing care included, but generally you are looking at a staggering sum of money. So there are two kind of groups, really. There are people who can afford to self-fund, or at least the state Mm -hmm. says they can afford to self-fund, and then those who have savings below a certain threshold and they're entitled to state help, which is going to be, you know, 
very valuable for some people. So maybe if we just talk about the threshold. Yes, exactly. Give us the nitty gritty. Because there are people listening probably who this problem has, they can see it coming down the track or it's happened to them now and they need to know what yeah. help the state can give. That's the first step. Yeah. Okay, so the state will help people who really don't have much in the way of savings. That's the first thing that they're going to look at, what you've got in terms of savings and investments. There is a threshold for help. In England, that threshold is £23,250. So if your savings and investments come under that, the local authority will do a financial assessment and they will tell you how much off the care home fees that they're going to pay. If your savings are below 14250 they will cover all of the fees in the care home. There is one big caveat, though, which is that if you also have an income, your income then has to be paid back to the council, as it were, to offset against the burden on them. And that could be a regular income from a pension. Indeed. Usually, typically, it would be a pension. Yeah. And let's talk about property, because that is the other concern for a lot of people. Will I have to sell my mum's home to fund her care? Yeah, property. Again, very often in situations like this, you will have somebody who owns their own property. They might not have much in the way of savings, so perhaps the council is going to pick up the tab for the care home. But when it comes to the property, if somebody else is living in that property, let's say it's a married couple and the spouse is still living there, then the council has to disregard the property. It doesn't have to be sold. Even if the spouse has passed on, um, is no longer living there, the council can't force you to sell the house. What they can do instead is offer a what's called a deferred payments agreement. A DPA. A DPA, yeah. Now this is actually, I think it's an amazing product if it's available to you. Because it means that um, you don't have to worry about the care home fees. They'll be paid by the council. The council will then secure a charge on the property. And when the house is finally sold, they will be repaid. There'll be a small interest charge, but it's reasonable. At the moment, it's something like 2%. It's set by central government. And compared to the alternative of equity release that might jump into people's minds, much better value. It is. It is. It's very fair. Um, It's a good system. So... That's only where there is nobody else living in the property. So uh, where the property kind of has to be disregarded will be where there's a spouse or a child under the age of 18 or a disabled person. You can't actually get a cousin to come and live in the house, for example. Mm. Um, and they similarly, have to be somebody who's been living there. If um, it was found that you were deliberately giving money away to get your savings below that threshold indeed indeed you could also get into trouble you can yes the council will deem that to be deliberate deprivation of assets and because when they carry out the financial assessment they will be looking into all those details and they will be able to see that money has been moved around perhaps so it's not actually a good idea to do that yeah and you will be treated then as if you had the money even if you've given it away to somebody else so the council won't pay the fees so let's move on to the next part. And that you've written your feature in like the ten things that I wish I'd known before I put my mother-in-law into a care home. Now, obviously, starting off with the with the finances, the next step is the money that they could get in benefits, which actually surprised me because I didn't realise that this was the case. Indeed, yeah, there are some very useful benefits that are worth claiming. They're not means tested, which is again another excellent thing. Now, for people with dementia. The key benefit or allowance is called the attendance allowance. That's actually worth £83.10 a week. Right, so pretty generous. It is. That's the higher rate. There is a lower rate, which might I think is something like £55 a week. And in fact, even if you start off on the lower rate, you can still apply for the higher rate later on as the person's condition deteriorates and they need more care. Attendance allowance is given when somebody needs help with a personal care. 
but the fact that it's not means tested and it's not taxed, that's great. Obviously, people who are self-funding will find this a, a big help. People who are having their fees paid by the local authority, they can also claim it, but that benefit will be paid back to the council. It will pass Again, back. It will. Yeah. There is another one which is called the nursing care contribution, and that's actually paid at a rate of £155, or just over it in England. That's, again, you can end up getting £238 a week towards your care home fees. However, you do need to have nursing care as part of your package at the care home, and somebody with dementia wouldn't necessarily need nursing care. Indeed. So it may be, yeah. The rates and thresholds actually are different in Wales, Scotland and England. So when we talked about the higher threshold for getting state help in England, that's 23,250. In Wales, it's actually 30,000. And in Scotland, it's a little bit higher than the English rate. When you get state help too, your savings will be taken into account and you may have to pay some of those savings towards the care home fees. Right. Yeah, we go into detail on that in the article. And um, finally, the other topic I wanted to to, to talk about was really to, more to do with you and the experience that, that you've been through as the person coordinating all of this for your mother-in-law. So number one in your list of 10 things to do is find your inner pushy self, <laughs> <laughs> which I have to say, knowing you as I do, really made me laugh because I thought I can just imagine Rosie thumping the table and saying, come on, and, you know, we've got to sort this out. But the, the serious point to all of this is that you have to be really organised and also just determined you know there's a determination involved in seeing this process through because there are so many things that one has to keep on top of you do you do you are, you know you are kind of storming all privacy boundaries that existed before between you and your parents because the more you know the more you're going to get that's true in terms of their financial situation and their medical records so obviously you need to know exactly how much money they've got in terms of savings and investments um, their income and also what property they own, because without that information, you won't be able to see if they're going to be able to apply for council help or how you're going to make the money last, you know, when it comes to paying the care home fees. So you need to get hold of that information. On the medical side, it's also really important to keep records of when they went to hospital, any diagnosis that were made, when they had an accident, because... If you don't have that information at your fingertips, when you start filling out forms, say, for attendance allowance, you could end up making out that your parent is fit as a fiddle. You're not going to get anything back from the state then. So you need to be able to persuade them that they are ill, that they've been ill for some time. The medical records will also be useful if you're applying for something called an immediate needs annuity. Right. It's a special product where you, in exchange for a lump sum, you get a stream of income for as long as the person lives. And that, although people listening might think, oh, annuities are very poor value. Obviously, Actually, in this illness. scenario, yes, mm. they're very good because the underwriters, you know, they take life expectancy at that stage kind of into account. No, it can be, you know, £50,000, you might be able to get as much as £14,000 or even more, depending on the state of health. But the really crucial thing is, is that you have got to have that information it's got you to be organized i mean you, you talk do. about all of your files and and boxes in the article yes you know because generally uh, this scenario will play out over a couple of years you know to begin with there'll be clues that something isn't quite right that's the point when you need to start building up the information because 18 months down the line you're going to be overwhelmed you're not going to remember all the falls all the names all the dates all the prescriptions you're just not 
So it's so much easier to have them, as I say, at your fingertips. And the other point that you make in the piece is that you have to bring the rest of the family. So in your case, your husband, but also siblings, in-laws into the conversation about what is going to happen to yes. the relative that they all care about. Obviously, some people in some families might have particular concerns around inheritance. Others might be more worried about who's providing the care or how um, it's going to all map out. But what would be your advice for for people who are planning on having such a, a meeting of minds? I think, yes, the issue that you raised of, you know, is there going to be anything left? And also, we talked about selling the family home when somebody's getting help from the council, but we didn't mention when somebody is self-funding. For somebody going into care, often that is a very kind of stressful issue. They've always hoped to pass everything on to their children or maybe to a charity, and they're not going to be able to do that anymore. So it's very good to talk about all of the issues. I mean, I was quite lucky. My husband and his family, we all live near my mother-in-law, we were able to talk about things. We didn't necessarily talk about inheritance, but we were talking about what the next step might be. Practicalities. Practicalities. We were able to share care for all sorts of reasons. The fact that people work, that they don't have space in their homes. Residential care is often really the only solution. So at that point, yes, people do have to face up to the fact that they might end up spending all of their money, savings, on care. Well, we're really, really grateful to you, Rosie, for writing about your experience in FT Money this weekend. So if you'd like to read Rosie's full article, it will be available on the FT.com website from Friday morning. That's at FT.com slash money. And it will also be printed in the FT Money print edition this weekend available in all good news agents on saturday and sunday if you read the version of the piece online we've also included a lot of other content that we've written about in money before but also from the ft seasonal appeal charity of the year of course is alzheimer's uk there are many stories and examples from other ft staff not just rosie about how they have navigated this process and finally we would really love to hear from you if you would like to talk to us about any of your experiences that you'd like to share with other listeners and readers or indeed just to tell us what you thought of the piece you can email us money at ft.com you can tweet about the article at ft money do tag us and you can hear more about this topic in future editions of ft money thank you very much for listening to this podcast we will be back at the usual time next thursday i'm claire barrett money editor goodbye Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.